It's another day, I'm another John, and this is Another Note. Today's edition of Another Note is titled, An Important Announcement. Our scripture reference today is Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. As always, may the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Every seventh year you shall grant a remission of debts, and this is the manner of the remission. Every creditor shall remit the claim that is held against a neighbor, not exacting it of a neighbor who is a member of the community, because the Lord's remission has been proclaimed. Of a foreigner you may exact it, but you must remit your claim on whatever any member of your community owes you. There will, however, be no one in need among you, because the Lord is sure to bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you as a possession to occupy. If only you will obey the Lord your God by diligently observing this entire commandment that I command you today. When the Lord your God has blessed you, as he promised you, you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. If there is among you anyone in need, a member of your community in any of your towns within the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward your needy neighbor. You should rather open your hand, willingly lending enough to meet the need, whatever it may be. Be careful that you do not entertain a mean thought, thinking the seventh year, the year of remission is near, and therefore view your needy neighbor with hostility and give nothing. Your neighbor might cry to the Lord against you, and you would incur guilt. Give liberally and be ungrudging when you do so, for on this account the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. Since there will never cease to be someone in need on the earth, I therefore command you, open your hand to the poor and needy neighbor in your land. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. I finally figured it out. For years, I've heard people say they don't know what's going on in church. Never mind that we printed it in the bulletin for three weeks. It was in the newsletter, too. I mentioned several things after Bible study as well. I guess people missed the PowerPoint slides and Facebook posts. Oh, don't forget our church email, printed calendar, and the flyers posted in the hallway. So what did I figure out besides that people don't listen? I'm not asking you to trust me on this. You can verify it yourself. People do know what's going on in church. I just do announcements differently. Announcement time is always a strange thing. Do you make them at the beginning or the end of worship? At one point, it was innovative to land them during the offering. 
I've told people, I'll let you sneak one in during prayer if you wrap it in prayer language. With all this thought and effort we put into the announcement time, do you know what still happens? People don't listen. I can give you a handful of examples right off the top of my head. My big mouth stood right in front of a microphone and gave all the details that were already printed in the bulletin, but people still asked me about some upcoming event they hadn't heard about. Now, as a leader and communicator, I have to take responsibility for people not hearing what I'm saying. That's why I try to get rid of announcement time. Well, at least the way most of us are familiar with it. Let's focus on one announcement at a time and communicate it well. That's what I like to do. If everyone lets me is another story. Not taking 10 minutes to read a list of announcements makes people feel like they're missing out on something. Announcement time shouldn't be a 10 minute occasion. As important as your event might be to you, you lose people after about 30 seconds. Okay, what does announcement time have to do with our walk with Jesus? First off, it gives you something to pay attention to in your church. More importantly, it allows me to bring to attention something I seek to do. Our primary task on Sunday is to worship together. So let's focus on our worship. I like to say, let Sunday be Sunday. That applies to announcements and any other church business. Instead of cramming as much other business as we can into our short time together, let Sunday be Sunday. We don't need organizational meetings or fundraisers on our Sabbath. If the work we're doing is that important, find another time to dedicate to it. Relearning Sabbath prepares us to live and work faithfully to God. All our announcements and Sunday meetings cloud our vision of how important Sabbath is to God. God rested after creation. God established the Sabbath for us. It could teach us trust and dependence on God. It could bring renewal to our hearts and minds. It could help us slow down enough to better sense God's presence with us. It could prepare us for greater work. God commanded the Israelites to forgive debts every seven years. This was an idea built upon the Sabbath. It would make no sense by itself. But the weekly rhythm of rest framed the idea to forgive debts every seven years. It was a way to open your hand to the poor and needy neighbor in your land. Learning to trust God each week prepares us to do what seems impossible. Look into the concept of the Jubilee year. You'll see that gets expanded into further impossibility. But it starts with Sabbath. Let Sunday be Sunday. I promise you, we're not hiding church events from you. Stay blessed. Thanks for always supporting Another Note. This is our daily devotional. 
I'll keep writing and recording as long as you keep listening and we keep growing. If you ever find another note on iTunes or anywhere else podcasts are available, make sure to leave a review so others can join us. The easiest way to connect with me is online at anotherjohn.com. God be with you.